This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that will never use a geoblock. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me is Mr. Andrew Page. Good, Andrew. Hi, Scott. Hi, Fools. Now, Fools, today on the podcast, we've had we've had Brexit, and we've had Grexit, and all that's good. Now there's Quitterly or Ital Exit, depending on which one you prefer. I, I like neither, neither are great. I are love Quiddly. Quiddly? I think Quiddly's great. Anyway, so here we go again. Is this the next disaster for the world economy, or is it the next head fake and nothing goes wrong? We'll find out. Also, a win for Jerry. Jerry Harvey as Amazon Geo Blocks Australia. And Warren Buffett was apparently going to invest in Uber. Unbelievable. Seriously? Yeah. And lastly, our mate Andrew rides this big high horse into the sunset. That's that's if that poor nag can carry me. It's it's taken a thrashing over the last year or so. We'll see how it goes. It is your last podcast, mate, but we'll get back to that in a few minutes. Don't don't uh, don't switch off, listeners. You want to listen to the end of this one to find out what's going on. So, Andrew, there was Grexit. Then there was the Cypriot banking crisis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then there was Brexit. Now the question is: Will Italy leave the European Union? Will it leave the euro? And what comes next for the world economy? It's kind of getting a bit serious. It's getting a bit serious, but I can't help but personally, and I, and I get a sense that this is is true amongst the wider market where there's a familiarity, there's there's a there's a lethargy with all of it. We've we've heard it before, <laughs> haven't you we? Know, and remember, remember when and like Greece is a tiny economy in the in the EU, and remember how much headlines and news that got, and we were all very worried, and we were all very scared, and there was all these ructions, as we like to say, on markets, mm. and then the kind of nothing ever sort of came of it, and you know, then there was talk of the wider pigs, the so-called pigs economies, <laughs> uh, Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, Spain, you know, and that. Kind of never amounted, and now it's Italy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, rationally, you think, well, that's a much bigger economy, mm-hmm. much bigger economy. So, there's going to be there's much bigger potential contagion. We'll, we'll get to all of that. We will. But it does, don't you think? Does it does it just seem a bit oh, ho hum? Well, to me, that's the thing, right? That's the kind of question. These things are never a big deal until they are, You're and right. that's kind of the problem with all of these things. Yeah. You know, Brexit was, oh, Brexit, there were so many headlines about Brexit. It was going to destroy the EU. And of course, in hindsight, we looked back and go, of course it wasn't going to be a problem. And at the time, there were a whole lot of people running around like chooks with their heads cut off. Now, it's kind of like, you know, easy to look back and hindsight and say, of course, that was ridiculous. Of course, that was nothing. Mm. So beforehand, of course, Just like the GFC was obvious in hindsight. Right. How did that not happen? And and so there were people, though, before the GFC saying it's coming. Yeah. And it would have been tempting at that point to say, well, like the other 100,000 predictions, Mm. this one's probably rubbish too. Yeah. The problem with all of these things is eventually some of them come true. Yes. And the question for us is, uh, well, as investors, there's a different way to handle it. But the question as, a, as an academic exercise is, is there a way of understanding whether this is actually the real thing mm. or yet another in a very, very long line of coulda, woulda, shoulda, yeah. that never quite happens. And so that we whip ourselves into a frenzy for almost nothing. Yeah, I think that's all very good, very good points you make. I, I Are agree. you worried about it? Um, I So... Yes and no. So am I worried? Well, yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, this, this is important stuff. Look, Australia will probably be fine if, if there is a, a, a big blow up um, over in the EU <laughs> and maybe the system collapses. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to be a lot of flow on effects, you know, um, that's a big market for China, our biggest trading partner. It's a big market for the U S mm. I mean, mm. we are an interconnected, well, there, there would almost be with, with, um, um, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a pretty good odds that there'd be a recession in Australia right. um, if there was a major, major ructions over in, over in the EU. So am I worried about it? Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's too easy just to dismiss that as, pff, you know, nothing, nothing will ever happen. Mm. You know, what's Italy to Australia in terms of our economic <laughs> relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, uh, 
but then the, then there's the other part of me which is well there's always something isn't there yeah. like you pick a random year uh, any year and there's always some kind of big deal that's going on and yet the nature of markets the nature of capitalism the mm. nature of the economy we we tend to muddle through um it's just not a straight line so i can look at it sort of pragmatically like that but i can also look at it rationally and think well Maybe maybe we do need to be a bit worried. So wh- wh- how that all boils down is it, it comes back to my favorite saying, um, uh, it, it, I, I guess. Property sucks. <laughs> which is just that <laughs> alert but not alarmed, you know, just to sort of um, uh, massacre. You're the John Howard School of Terrorism uh, uh, I, warnings. I think, that's, I think that's how you approach the market. You right. don't dismiss – anyone who dismisses everything under the rug is, is mm. just putting their head in the sand. Um you know, you don't want to be a Pollyanna with all of this kind of stuff. And and you, that, that's investing, right? You just, when you go into this thing knowing that mm. there's going to be recessions, when you know there's going to be bear markets, when you know that a very serious percentage of your investments are just not going to work mm. out, mm. it changes the framing of things. I mean, we, we talk a lot about how success comes in spite of all of that. If you just follow these really, really simple time-honored sort of rules and processes. So- yeah. That's a long answer to your question, mate, but but hopefully it answers it. Well, it kind of doesn't, kind of doesn't. So I'm going to push you one little bit okay. further on this, just to say, so it's fine to say all those things, and I don't disagree with any of them, except that you either have to do something or nothing, right? So to some degree, what are you going to do or not do? Mm. It's fine to say, well, don't dismiss it under the rug, but if you don't, then you have to do something. And if you do dismiss it, you run the risk of actually being caught by it. So yeah. what, do you, what do you actually do? Well, I, well, you're right. So there is an action, but the but the action is kind of the action I take regardless in boom right. times, which is I, I'm, I'm basically looking for companies that tend to hold up fairly well on average across the cycle. Okay. And if they are pretty cyclical kind of companies, I've got a view on where we might, I'm never going to know, right? That's the problem. I'm never going to know exactly, <laughs> exactly. where I am yep. in the cycle. But yep. if I if I have concerns that we might be closer to the top than the bottom, yep. then maybe there's some some tweaking you do with in terms of how much you hold and weightings and the valuation that you that you accept as reasonable and the rest of it. But honestly, mate, it's it's no more advanced than that. All right, I'm dragging you down off your fence. Mm-hmm. What are you doing as a result of the Italexit or the Quitterly? I'm doing concerns? nothing. I'm doing nothing that I wasn't doing before this started hitting the headlines. That's probably the key. That's a key takeaway. We'll what, go with that. What, what are you doing? No, it's exactly yeah, the same. Okay. I, look, I've... Yeah, so here's the thing. I, I have said for a very long time, various... I've, I've got to get this down to a, a really pithy one-line sentence, It's hard right? to do. Isn't it? That's why Buffett's... <laughs> he's so quotable, he right? That's what he does so well. He is. So, so my view is basically that I will... It, it is far more profitable in investing to be optimistic rather than pessimistic. Mm-hmm. And add, so that's one line. The second line is more money is often lost, arguably, if people are trying to avoid the next downturn. They're actually yep. in that downturn. Yep. Add those together, it means that, you know what, if you're optimistic and buying good businesses, almost to your point, mm. I am not going to respond, other than in very extreme circumstances, to any macro concerns, mm. because most of them are wrong, yep. and even the ones that are right, by the time they've been right, you'll have made money ignoring all of them altogether, mm-hmm. rather than trying to jump at shadows. So, mm-hmm. it, that's the roller coaster. I'm on the roller coaster. I'm not going to try, because, frankly, there have been people predicting recession since 2010, the old mm. double-dip recession mm. was supposed to come after the GFC. Yeah. If you'd ever listened to every possible reason for getting out of the market, the Grexits, the Brexits, the... Uh, it's been a very good eight-year run. Let's right. Put it that if, you, way. if you'd yeah. avoided any of those, you would have lost an absolute squillion. So, frankly, you know, I'm going. I'm absolutely going to go headlong, fully invested, feet first, straight into the next recession, mm-hmm. and it'll be painful and, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But I will make more money. I would bet, and I am betting by by simply investing, regardless, no matter what it is. Other than mm. I can't imagine what exceptional circumstances would shake me out. But other than that. I'm not going to go go headlong because investing, being invested, staying invested is almost certainly more profitable than trying to pick the entry and exit points. Yeah, and just just a pr- approach a bit, with a bit of common sense, right? It's not like you're going to go out there and, and look for a whole bunch of you know highly cyclical 
um, businesses, Italian businesses with very weak balance sheets, <laughs> trading at extraordinarily high multiples. I mean, all I mean, that, that's probably not what you want to do. But yeah. but again, that, that that's kind of the that's always true. Right? Well, our sister podcast in the US, actually, Tim Hansen, uh, one of the investors in the US, was actually proposing not proposing. I shouldn't say that. He was commenting on the fact some people are proposing the ultimate contrarian bet, which is investing in Italian banks right now right. at zero point three times book value. In yeah. other words, they're selling for one third of their right. stated asset value. Right, and he's saying some contrarians are saying, well, hey. Fill your boots. Yeah. That's a pretty gutsy call as well. I, I gotta say I'm not gonna go that side either. Just on ongoing common sense investing is my is my insight. I do, I do there is something that resonates with me there. I do like this. You idea. are a bargain hunter. I, I am. And I love the idea of of buying something which not is trying to guess on whether something will or won't happen, but yep. actually assumes something will happen. Yeah. Right. And then asks the so what and then still get to a, a case for value. I, I think there's I think there's a lot of rationality there. Motley fool money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking of a case for value mm. or a case not for value, most people, many people, not most, many people have decried Amazon as being horribly expensive and not worth buying and all that kind of good stuff. What, the shares or the... Well, that's the thing. Now you can't even buy from mm. Amazon. Well... At least not until July 1. So Amazon has said they will geo-block any deliveries from Australians and to Australia. Yeah. You can't buy anything from Amazon.com or .co.uk mm, mm, mm. and have it delivered into the country from the new financial year yeah. because of the government's new rules about GST collection. So before, they um, you would only pay GST on goods worth more than 1000 bucks. Correct. Now it's on everything. The Jerry Harvey tax, as the I like Jerry to call it. Jerry he, Harvey. He campaigned long and loud and with some degree of reality, right? He's saying, well... I'm 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 selling goods under different rules to Amazon and mm. it should be a, fair, a level playing field. I kind of get that. I think it's 100 bucks is the new maximum or is it everything? Anyway. I thought it was everything. In any case, it, yeah, it's, it's, much it's far, far lower yeah. and so it changes Amazon. Amazon have said, look, we don't think, we, we don't want to collect GST on behalf of the government. Mm. And not only that, we think that other online retailers from the rest of the world mm. will keep shipping in GST free. So it puts us, because we're a big one, yeah. we're, at a, we're at a structural disadvantage because you can see us and, and, and catch us. Yep. Whereas if, you know, Scott, scottphillips.com from you know, Malaysia decides to send across a couple of fountain pens, yep. you're never going to catch it. Yep. It's never going to be GST. But if I go buy the same fountain pen from, I don't buy fountain pens, yep. by the way. <laughs> if I'm going to buy fountain pens from Amazon, quill um, I'm going to pay, I'm gonna pay yeah. an extra 10%. So Amazon's right. saying, well, hang on, I can't be cost competitive against the rest of the online world. Federal government, if you're insisting on that, we're not going to send anything to Australian residents other than if they buy from Amazon.com.au, the local site, mm. which is in here, Australia, it does collect GST, but there's a much, much, much smaller range of products. Is this a case of unintended consequences? So you look at it and, and there's that, again, this first level, second level sort of type thinking. Mm-hmm. On, on the first level, it's kind of, well, it, just, it does make sense. You yep. know, why should these guys not pay tax when Australian um, companies have to? It just doesn't seem fair. Spot on. But, but the unintended consequence potentially here is that Australians now have far, far less uh, choice mm-hmm. Uh, even normalised for tax, they're probably paying higher price. There's just less supply. You know, yep. it's the old demand versus supply factor. So yes. in terms of what we have a- available to us, it's probably going to mean, well, it, it almost certainly going to mean less choice, higher prices. So so have we actually shot ourselves in the foot? And I should, so I'll do say two things. One is, firstly, I'm an Amazon shareholder, so I'm very possibly biased. Take that into yep. account. Yep. The second is Amazon have made a case, and it's not an unreasonable case, though it may well be unworkable. Mm. They said, look, we don't mind GST being levied on our products, yep. as long as it's levied on everyone else's products. Yep. And their solution is for FedEx, UPS, Toll, Australia Post to collect the GST on behalf of the government at the point of entry into the country, right. which would catch most, if not all of those other companies yep. sending products into Australia. So if UPS is taking a product from scottphillips.com out of Malaysia mm-hmm. and it brings it to Australia, they know that's happening. They know the value, declared value of the goods. 
they would collect a GST payment at the point of entry, mm-hmm. either from the customer or from the supplier, yep. and make sure that everyone's on a level playing field. So they're not trying to dodge the tax. They're simply saying, we're happy, we're happy to pay the tax as long as it's applied fairly. The results Amazon saying, unless it is, I'm gonna, we're going we're to pull out. Uh, I think to your point, yeah, there's unintended consequences all over the place. Yeah. So is Amazon shooting itself in the foot? Are they costing themselves more sales? Probably. I mean, even mm. even with the price disparity, mm. no one's going to scottphillips.com to buy pens, right? But they are going right. to Amazon and saying, what yeah. if there's cheap pens on there? So yeah. I, I have to believe that this, I, my view is this is probably a bargaining chip yep. or bargaining tool for Amazon to yep. say, hey, yep. you guys really sure you want no one to be able to buy from Amazon, hoping that the Australian population rise up? Yep. And we may. Yep. Um, otherwise, maybe it's just a way of boosting the local amazon.com.au business as well. Interestingly enough, the, the key winner from this, to my mind, and maybe it's not been that widely shared, eBay have come out and said, oh, no, we're cool. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, sell, we'll follow right. every yeah. Australian. Yeah. We'll collect all the tax. We'll do everything we don't yeah. believe in geo-blocking anybody. Yeah. So Amazon are trying to play hardball with the government, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. eBay have come out and said, no, we're good. We're, we're happy to collect tax. We believe in that. We Which believe in supplying to Australians. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, right? So yeah. eBay are taking absolute full benefit of this. Um, remains to be seen. And meanwhile... The champagne cooks are popping at Jerry Harvey's house. Oh, he's Jerry Harvey's out there doing all kinds of, of victory laps. <laughs> he's a happy man, Jerry Harvey. Oh, he's always happy, but he's particularly happy when he's, Amazon get a kick in the in the foot. He's particularly kick happy in the shins. Now. So let me ask you this: Does this weaken the? We talked a lot. You know, the the entire uh, market was talking a lot about Amazon uh, yeah. last year when it, you know when it was going to come, what impacts it was going to have. You know, now that it's going to have, well, seemingly a much smaller range, um, and with ten percent tax on top of it. Yep. Does does that all of us is that good news um, for the local retailers? I mean, should we now be having a more optimistic look towards Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi's and the other list because mm. Amazon is to some degree hobbled, uh, you know, hobbling itself? I guess yeah. in that argument, is its chance of success less now in, in Australia? Yes, by definition, but how much less is the open question? Right. I don't think you know the, the question was never, and this is the problem: they're not stopping the Australian site doing its thing. Yeah, these are products you and I might have bought from Amazon.com directly. Yeah. Now, you can get around it. You can use a freight forwarder. There's ways of getting around it, and people will. So that's yeah, the first thing. Yeah. Um, second thing is, uh, to some degree, if you if your belief was that Amazon US was going to hurt J- Harvey and, and JB, and it, it is currently, yeah. then yes, absolutely. Taking that away makes these guys' lives much, much better. Yeah. But <laughs> that assumes that Amazon.com.au doesn't rise up to become the, the greater threat. Mm. And also, quite frankly, that the government doesn't, at some point, buckle at the knees and let Amazon back in somehow. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, possibly whatever investment you might make on the back of just Hey, Amazon.com is in, you know not able to sell products. That's great long term for these guys. Yeah. I think that might be a little bit of a rosy picture to paint. Just before we go, do you actually have? Have you heard anything about how they are going in Australia? I hear mixed reports. Yeah, the, it's the hard page, to know, of course. We, you see some some uh, web metrics around around viewers and yep. visitors, and it is pretty good apparently. Okay. okay. Um, we don't know what transactions are being made. They're right. not disclosing that information yes. just yet. Yep. Plenty of people are ending up at the Amazon.com.au website. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to let it take some of it. Frankly, the range is pretty disappointing for now, at least. Yes. Um, I think they're going to have to do a lot more lot more work on getting uh, getting a better range for Australians before it really becomes a major threat. Gotcha. It's my view. What okay. do you think? Uh, I, look, I, I haven't been as close to it as I should. I, I tend to think when I, when I look in the very long term, they just, what Amazon do better than everyone else is they just they're just ruthlessly efficient. Mm. They have a wonderful value proposition. They have incredible scale. It's hard to see them not winning. I, I, I think the mistake <laughs> is you and I, we're going to set this up. We'd only have so much time before our capital ran out. Right. You know, these guys are in it for the long haul. Yeah. They have access to incredibly cheap 
um, uh, capital. Yep. They've got operations all over the world. It, it's it's going to be tough. I don't I don't think it's a black and white. A lot of the commentary tends to be Amazon's going to destroy everything. Yeah. Um, or it's going to fail. Yeah, and right. I, there's a middle ground the in binary, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. they just get thirty percent of the of the online market in another five or ten years, and that's still success, right? Yep. But it also means that you know the other players are still there. It's just a redistribution of of the pie. I think that's fair. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, speaking of redistribution of pies, okay. he says desperately grasping for a segue <laughs> and, not, go with that. and not finding one. Let's go to the world's best pie maker, Warren Buffett. Yes. <laughs> Can I so, say that? So, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's more of a hamburger and chips man, isn't he? Than a, <laughs> a steak, a and steak. Oh, hamburger, yeah, hamburger or steak. Yeah. Uh, yes, very, very. The, the diet, diet of a uh, of an eight year old, <laughs> exactly. we like to say, and has survived on it for for I know eight plus decades, which God. is impressive. So, speaking of an eight year old, speaking of a little bit younger than maybe Buffett's own age, reports came out during the week that Warren Buffett was in talks to invest four billion dollars in probably the company's on the vanguard of kind of technical. Innovation to some degree, maybe, maybe of the the famed unicorns, the billion dollar startups in in Silicon Valley. Uber, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Uber. And it's not because. <laughs> so here, there's there's a couple things to this. So Uber is um, again, depending on how you look at it, phenomenally mm. successful. Yes. I mean, they have disrupted a very very long running industry, yep. and they are just gaining share all the time. Yes, um, and they're doing that everywhere, right? So it, it is it is an incredible success. But what's odd about it is that Buffett, you know, we know because he tells us every year what he does yep. and he, what he like, how he likes to approach right. a billion books written on yeah. it, you know, yeah. a bunch of idiots like us who always talk about it. You know, it's, it, it is not for him to go for something that is a loss-making entity that is burning through cash. Yep. You know, it, it, it just doesn't seem to fit his playbook. Well, so, the other thing is not only does he tell us what he does do. He tells me he doesn't. He's, yes, he's, yeah. he's avoided Amazon and Google in particular. Yes. Saying, look, those are great businesses. The guy's done a great job. Yep. He said he avoided Amazon because he, he, Bezos had to had to somehow create a miracle. Yep. And he has. He did. But, yep. but Buffett's point was we couldn't have known that at the time, so yep. I don't bet on miracles. Yep. And then, as you said, you see this cash-burning tech thing with a, with a questionable culture, quite frankly. Yes. That's too much to say. Yes. Travis Kalanick, the CEO, departed uh, under some board pressure because of a perceived, you know, kind of cultural challenge at the company. Yeah. I'm saying that in a relatively legalistic way. You're doing it as nicely as you can. Yes, thank you. Uh, because I don't I don't have a lawyer on hand, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll say it that way. Um, anyway, so yeah, and, and all of a sudden, Buffett is in talk. Now, we should say the deal didn't go ahead yeah. because Uber didn't accept Buffett's terms. Yes. What's your speculation about that, Andrew? Well, look- Buffett has a mountain of of cash, right? He does. And so if he- 120 if, billion, I want to say. If he rocks up to the door and says, hey, I want to give you- all, And, and the, you are a company that is hungry for cash. Yes. Um, it, it, uh, at first glance, you think, here's a marriage made in heaven, a guy with, with a bucket loads of cash and mm-hmm. a company that needs a lot of cash to, to execute on their long-term strategy, a marriage made in heaven. Now, mm. but we also know that <laughs> Mr. Buffet is-, oh. is you, you hate that, I know. Um, is, <laughs> that's why you say it. That's it? why I say it. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. is um, a very <laughs> tough deal maker. Yes, you know, he is. You know, we, we know what he did in the GFC with some right. of the acquisitions he made. That he makes sure that the-, the you know, it's, He didn't become one of the world's richest men by accident, right? He, <laughs> exactly. he, he he cuts a very good deal for himself and the shareholders of Berkshire. Yeah. So my only speculation would be that he wanted such favourable terms for Berkshire that even even though the allure of all that cash would have been very tempting mm. for Uber, mm. it was just like, mate, no. 
And frankly, <laughs> things are very hot in that space. They, they, they have other options. Right, so right, they, right. you know, in a different part of the economic cycle with a different investor sentiment, they probably would have taken it because they probably didn't have yeah. much choice, but they do have choice at the moment. So that, that'd be my speculation. What do you think? Yeah, that's my sense too. Look, Buffett, Buffett took very significant uh, equity stakes or, or preferred uh, equity stakes. In other words, debt that converts to equity. Yeah. In both GE and Bank of yeah, America. I'll lend you some money instead of paying me back in cash, paying me back in shares. <laughs> well, yeah. it was also, it was both, right? So for a couple of years, he got a very nice, I want to say 9%, I think he got, which right. is not bad for debt. Right, right. And, and at the end of that period, he had the choice of converting that from debt to equity and taking shares. And and shares at a nominal price, yeah, you know, a price exactly. that is much lower than what's So he either got his money back yes. plus the interest, yep. or he got to buy shares. If the share price went up over that period of time, he got it at which an agreed share price. Yeah. So he made money on the share purchase plus a effectively guaranteed, as long as the company didn't go broke, yep. effectively a guaranteed uh, debt repayment interest rate. Um, which is, again, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. you don't have to be an, an investor or know about debt capital. <laughs> I mean, this is just buying from a distressed seller, yeah, right? Yeah. And it works in property or any kind yes, of asset. You, and, and, and you know, he had cash. They were desperate. That's a nice situation to be in if you're the guy with the cash. Yeah, and Uber, Uber clearly didn't need his cash badly enough to accept his terms. Yep. And equally, by the way, Buffett didn't need the deal badly enough mm. to accept terms that he didn't believe were fair. I think that's, in some cases, this is exactly a working market, right? Mm. It's just two parties who say, I want this. Well, I'm prepared to offer that. Yep. We don't disagree. We'll walk away. And that, that's, that's what should happen. It just still fascinates me that Buffett was even. Pre- I, I, I'd love to know the circumstance under which the, the Berkshire Hathaway business, whether it was Buffett himself or, or his lieutenants, yeah. um, his investment managers, who each managed twenty five billion each. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was probably Buffett, but Tim, man, Tom, I, yeah. I don't even know how you get to that point of. You know, I was, I was really, I, I guess, I was a, I, I was shocked, but I was also oh, impressed. I mean, here is a guy. Look, mate, I'm, I'm forty two, forty three mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. And I'm already, I'm already stuck in my ways, right? Now, <laughs> you really, really are. You know, I, I am, I am old before my, and, and Buffett, <laughs> you know, just to be horribly cliched here, you know, there's not too many people in their late eighties that show such great flexibility mm-hmm. of thinking. Now here is a man who has demonstrably built incredible success with right. a pretty specific approach. But when you, when you study his, his career, he has made some pretty big pivots in, yep. in how he approaches things. And so at this stage of life to go from. I would never invest in that kind of company. <laughs> to I'm seriously considering putting a whole bunch of money in there. And we know he's invested in Apple recently. Yes, yes. I mean, it just, it's why he's the genius that he is, is that flexibility of thinking, that that ability to make sure he understands something before he wades into it, be prepared to walk away when he doesn't. Uh, you know, a, again, it's just sort of, well well done, Uncle Warren. You've, you've impressed me again. Is that, still, is, that, is that too gushing? No, no. I, I think it's perfect. I, just, I, I am still just blown away by the fact he, I just can't still mentally- can't get that that linkage between Buffett and Uber. It just still blows my mind. I, th- I think it it's also possible. a good reminder for us and others, and you hear it a lot. This is the thing we've mentioned before, sort of being sort of fans of, of, of the great man, is that you, you, you kind Well, Once or twice? It's, I always cringe a little <laughs> bit because it's so cliched. I mean, yeah. everyone out there says Buffett, 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 Buffett. Um, but, but I think a lot of people try to sort of put, put him in a box, and, and, and I, I think, That's yes, true. he's got That's these true. wonderful lessons and approaches and all of that kind <laughs> of stuff, but but above all, it is that that. I guess first principles type investing, that flexibility of thinking that what really makes it impressive and markets change, economies change. He's been doing this for 50 plus years um, and he's still he's still keeping pace. It's just incredible. Indeed. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Now, Andrew, I mentioned this was going to be your last podcast and it will be. I know. It's so, sad. but before we get into that, you have one last chance. We don't have Liam in the studio, no disappointingly. <laughs> maybe after, maybe in post-production. No, there's no post-production here. In theory, it possibly might turn up, but assuming it doesn't, give me your best horse impression. That'll have to do. 
<laughs> jump up one last time on that tired nag. It really should be either retired or frankly sent to the knackery. Give me your very last high horse. Well, I mean, this is, I always struggle with the high horse, only because there's so much to rant about. <laughs> you were urging me over, very angry over now, a coffee this morning. I was like, mate, you have to talk about property. Well, I figured if you take one last lap around the, around the arena <laughs> and you got to do something that's typically, you know, if it's typically Andrew Page, people at home are listening to this or in their cars or in the office going, Andrew's going to want to do that's got to be property. It's got to, for, for all of the, every There's nothing left to, to property, say, right? mate. There's nothing left to say. It hasn't stopped stage. you so far. No, it hasn't. But it's just, <laughs> I think the other, the other thing that sort of frustrates me with it, and here's part, here's, here's the warm-up rant. All right. Is that, is, <laughs> oh, here we go. Is that whenever you, whenever you say anything sort of negative about it, you kind of put in this box of, oh, everything's going to crash and it's going to be mad and it's going to be horrible. And I, it's, it's, it's a more nuanced, I'd like to think, subtle <laughs> sort of view than that. But mm -hmm. I think, frankly, I think since we've been doing the podcast, it's kind of played out. You know, we've got these horribly indebted household but we forget what's actually happened in wa because here on the east coast it, it's just it's really embarrassing in fact how we don't pay enough attention to what's happening to our fellow countrymen they've been doing it really tough it is a lesson for us on the east coast as to what can happen when things wobble and it's not when it's it's not if it's when so hang on i think so, what you just said is i'm not going to ramp because i'm taking a victory instead but this is the thing I think I i'm it, already right i think for a lot of people it's like if things don't crash 40 percent you yeah. Were wrong, yeah. you know, and it's just like I'm not going to make the Steve Keane mistake and make bets about walking up Mount Kosciuszko <laughs> and that. You made some other bets, which I, I may or may not tell this. Please don't, please don't. <laughs> but it comes, you know, again, it's it's that alert but not alarmed. You know, do yeah. do you race into the market now and and borrow 95 percent and leverage yourself up to the eyeballs, you know, and just do a lot of things that aren't necessarily guaranteed to to <laughs> cause you great pain, mm -hmm. but certainly make the probability a lot higher that you will. That you get to a point now where the the, the risk versus reward equation, to mm. my mind, is 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 not that sensible. Hey, if you've got a good deposit and you're looking to buy a home to live in for the next 30, buy a house. I mean, God damn it. That's, that's a wonderful, sensible, beautiful, smart thing to do. To buy 10 investment properties when you're below there we go. minimum wage. Here we go. And you're going to negatively <laughs> get up the it, 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 And it's this idea of, well, it has, it's worked so far. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like me playing Russian roulette five times, not dying, and then saying, see, it's a smart thing to do. I'm not going to rant, he says. Scott says, just talk about property for a second then. Okay. Tell you what, that was easy. I didn't even have to bait the hook. I just, I just dangled the hook. I actually was going to talk the about The presence of the hook did the job. <laughs> and, and another thing. Draw oh, like a moth to a flame, God. Mr. Page. I guess, so I, look, I, what I would say, what I would say is this, is for the love of God, the, the trouble with, you know, investing, it's such a, you know, there's enough to talk about that we can, we can find half oh, yeah. an hour without even trying each oh, yeah. week to talk about. And I think, the one thing that I I would like to impart, if there's anything, is that, mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy to get technical and seemingly sophisticated with all of this stuff, but just bring it back to the basics and you will be, I think, better equipped than most people here. You know, you th this is not rocket science as much as those in the industry like to pretend that it is. It helps you get very good fees when, when it's, you know, <laughs> Doesn't it? we're not doing open heart surgery uh, here. You know, it, it is it is all of these old truisms. It's all these time-honored mm -hmm. techniques. It's, it's just, you know, sticking with what you know. It's being conservative. It's diversifying. It's doing it regularly. It's just all of that stuff. It's it's not letting your decisions being influenced by greed and fear, just by standing back, 
taking some level-headed de decisions, knowing that there's going to be mistakes. It, it's impossible to avoid, avoid mistakes, but on average and over time, it's this wonderful thing. I mean, how many industry events have we go to? And it is always, it is always the little old lady with the blue hair who rocks up, who starts talking to you and you realize that she's got $10 million worth of BHP <laughs> shares because she just sat on the damn things right. for like 20 years. And you've got, you got all these other sort of, you know, younger men, always men. There's, uh, ladies seem to be smart enough to avoid it where, yeah. you know, they've got their the latest software and the hyper technical trading strategy and they, <laughs> they just run in circles. It, it is it is the hair and the tortoise writ large, my friend. Yes. And if there's anything I can say is it's just be, be the tortoise. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. It's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not Wolf of Wall Street. No one's tossing dwarves and, and doing all the stuff that was happening in, in, in the movie. Sorry, I shouldn't. You know, it's that... <laughs> I had to put my foot in it one more time, didn't I? But I couldn't let you get away with it, but I wasn't going to. No, I, I don't. I don't mean it. I know. You know, I know. It, 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 it's all of the. And here's totally. here's the other thing. You, you can say it until you're blue in the face, but people are going to do what people do. But oh. but just remember that at the end of the day, it is you who is responsible for your money mm -hmm. and your investments. You know, seek the help of others. The Motley Fool is a wonderful source of ideas. Um, uh, there's there's a mountain of great resources out there, but it is on you. And this isn't to deflect blame. This is to really get you to think about things, yeah. you know, that, that matter. Yeah. Um, you make the decision, um, you understand what you know and what you don't know and take the time to learn a bit more. Y you will, you will, your future self will thank you so much. <laughs> you, but none, none of us can think 10 years into the future, which is, which is why no one does it. Anyway, rant over. Oh, uh, I, I can't say whether that's two or three rants. So we had the, we had the, we had the property <laughs> rant. Then we had the kind of, uh, I don't know what the middle one was. It was something. And you <laughs> end up with, with do it yourself and take responsibility. Is, is, that, is that a reasonable summary? Well, it's the last podcast. I've got to fit as many as I can in. <laughs> <laughs> You've done very well. Now, speaking of the last podcast, Andrew, I am going to, our listeners are probably wondering, oh God, we're stuck with Phillips. That is true. Although we will have another <laughs> guest host next week. So stay tuned. But more importantly than that, at least for you, yep. you're going to go and do something by yourself. Mate, I had a bit of an itch and an itch. Um, I just, I couldn't ignore. The cream sold that and then you went on to other things. <laughs> right. oh, mate, I, as you know, I've, I've always had great, found great value in engaging with other investors. Um, but I, I think we can all agree it's generally a pretty frustrating experience to do that online. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just, I, I thought there was a better way. I wanted to do something that took more of a democratic, more of a merit-based type approach. Uh, you know, something brought accountability to the discussion and, and, and delivered, you know, genuine um, value. And and so I went and I, I built something that I think hopefully did that. And I don't I don't want to use this as a, as a platform to... <laughs> sure well, I do. do. <laughs> I do, but, you know... You won't because I you're... Won't, right. I yeah, won't because yeah. it's the right thing to do. But look, if anyone is interested, uh, my, my Twitter handle is at uh, Sage underscore Simeon, S-A-G-E... Underscore S I M I A N. So Sage underscore Simeon. I'll change okay. my Twitter profile to, to, to point to a link. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love you to come check it out. All right. And part of the reason, Andrew, is unfortunately leaving the Motley Fool and leaving the podcast is it is to some degree at least a competing business or a business in the same sort of space. You go with our absolute goodwill, best wishes, mate, and, and the best of luck. Thank you. Um, mate. You'll, be a, you'll be a formidable competitor to the extent we do compete. Uh, you probably will be back. There's to this room enough for there's, the there's room enough for two. I oh, think. there is. There is. We will crush everyone else under the heel of our boot. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. But uh, the, the well, fool and stand, I stand we... atop the, uh, the the hill of victory. We're arm in arm. That's it. Exactly. I've run out of metaphors. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do, mate, we do wish you incredibly well. Hopefully you'll be back on this podcast from time to time. I'd love to be Drop back, in and, yes. and say good day and we'll, we'll have a chat. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear from you. A little bit about how the business is going and I don't know if they want a rant or no rant. Well, well maybe we'll call our listeners and see what they <laughs> want you back for a rant or want you back as long as you don't rant. 
uh, maybe that's a good change from my Mate, rant, thank so. you very much. And, and honestly, a, a really big thank you to you. It's been a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Um, uh, a lot of uh, thanks to our listeners. Of course, we, we couldn't do it. Actually, you know what? We could do it oh, without yeah, our totally. listeners. And we probably would. I'm just, still not just sure this is actually being broadcast <laughs> anywhere. As far, as far as I can tell, <laughs> this is just our business is allowing us to rant in a room it, for a it's while. A, it's a weekly therapy session <laughs> is what it is. Are but, we just being published? Oh, yeah, guys, it definitely is. Okay. <laughs> that's All right. right. I suppose it But it's cheaper than therapy. And, and for anyone that happens to be listening, we, we do really, and I certainly do, really, really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll, I, I'm gone, but not hopefully not forgotten. So Indeed. I, I am online. Come, and seek, next week. come and seek me out. Mate, uh, thank you very much for your input as well. On a personal level, it's been an absolute ball, both professionally at the company and in those podcasts, been an absolute ball of us. And uh, we look forward to having you back. Well, yes. Thank so you. let's one last time finish this with some style. Do you think I've memorized it by this stage? Or? No. no. I, I could say yes, and you'll hash it up halfway through, and then I'll <laughs> laugh, and you'll feel like you wish you'd done a better job. So how about you just, for one last time with Gusto, give our listeners the Andrew Page treatment for the end of the podcast. Happy to, mate. Well, that almost wraps us up. But before we go, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money. money. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and you were reading that. All right, here yeah, we go. Yeah, I was reading. Not, to not, the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast. Well, that, edit that out, it'll be fine. And you should. And you should. Thank you. Uh, through iTunes and your favorite <laughs> Android podcast app. And if you like what we're doing. And you should. Please give us a fat five-star rating on iTunes and tell your friends. I'm sure they could do with a little straight foolish talk too. If you like what we're doing, you can get a little bit more at fool.com.au. Oh, I was going to do the Triple M part. Oh, or if you like what we're doing. <laughs> You get a little bit more foolishness. It's in the contract, <laughs> our, okay? Uh, on our website at fool. I'm letting him do it for us as the last podcast. Fool.com.au forward slash. Triple M. There you go. Oh, Triple M should pay me just, just for that. Use that piece alone in all their strings. Or charges for it. Yep. All right. That's it yes. for this week's Motley Fool Money. Thank you, Andrew Page. Thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week with a new guest host and another, another dose of foolish insight. Thanks, mate. Thanks, listeners. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.